We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Hey, hey, this is Curtis Patrick. From Rotoviz, I'm the Dynasty Coordinator over there. Travis May, the Debbie Coordinator at Rotoviz, joins me today on another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast. It's the home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. We've been talking about some rising running backs and wide receivers that could just float up out of the depths of ADP below 100, below 150, help out your Dynasty fantasy football teams. But now, we're going to look over at the college ranks and and focus a little bit on Debbie. Who are these players that can emerge in 2019? Maybe there are people who are on your radar and haven't got that chance, or maybe they had a stellar freshman season that we just can't look away from, and they're, they're the new Debbie blue chippers. Well, Travis May has done so much impactful research on college football production this year, the perfect person uh, to help us identify what to do with some of these players. Before we dive in to some of these guys that we're going to talk about today, we've got a Devi Player of the Week. We do this every time we have a Devi episode. So who is it today, Travis? Yeah, uh, the, the Devi Player of the Week this week is J.D. Spielman for Nebraska. Uh, this guy is a, a lot of fun. He's a little bit undersized. <laughs> He's not, you know, your uh, 6'3", 210-pounder. Uh, but what he's already done in college has been really uh, impressive. And I just wanted to highlight him because he's a lot of fun to watch. And he has a huge opportunity uh, this year uh, for Nebraska. 
They are bringing back, of course, Adrian Martinez, a so- true sophomore uh, quarterback, really impressed and was like the first quarterback and forever or if ever to start for nebraska as a true freshman uh and really hit the ground running uh, they also had stanley morgan jr at wide receiver uh, last year and he actually totaled about a thousand yards and seven scores uh and spielman was basically the wide receiver too and they really only operated with two receivers at all last year in terms of who they threw the on the ball to uh, they, Stanley Morgan Jr. had 70 catches. Spielman had 66. And the next guy in receptions was actually a running back with just 24. And now that Morgan is gone, Spielman has a massive opportunity to take hold of that uh, market share even more than he already has. He already has probably you know, an, an above-average production profile, uh, even if he were to en- enter the NFL right now. But with uh, the opportunity to up his dominator rating and really up his uh, yards per team pass attempt and just really round out his production profile with a, a budding, really underrated quarterback in Adrian Martinez and virtually nobody to compete with for targets, uh, I really like his chance to really have one of the best profiles put together next spring. So if he if he gets some draft capital, uh, he's somebody that I think could really, really rise through the ranks uh, in rookie drafts and really should be on way more people's radar right now for Debbie Leagues. Well, I told you Travis was going to shine a light on some college football production today, and uh, he he really goes kind of off the beaten path with a Nebraska Cornhusker in the air part of the <laughs> passing attack, uh, not a running back. That's what we usually talk about uh at nebraska and i'd like to just add in jd spielman is maybe like the most corn husker name i could think of uh for <laughs> for a player uh in the red and white out there in the in the flattest part of america i want to remind our listeners about the ffpc main event we're talking debbie tonight uh, but for the purposes of this read, we're talking high stakes redraft fantasy football with a grand prize of $500,000. Total purse over $3.1 million. What is the main ex- main event exactly? It's the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at Planet, Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino or draft online from the comfort of your home. Sean Siegel and I are drafting a team on Friday, August 23rd at 10 p.m. Um, I will be drafting from the comfort of my home, potentially without pants, um, and that's going to be great. So Sean, Sean and I uh, fully plan to take down that half million grand prize, but if you want to compete for second place, go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com, and you can learn more about uh, the main event, and and it's called the main event. It, we really shouldn't even have to say FFPC. This is like the main event of fantasy football. So go check that out again uh, once more. MyFFPC.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Well, we've got to kick off this episode with a, a short review of Adjusted Production Index. Adjusted Production Index is really Travis's primary work of the offseason. It's really exciting because it kind of summarizes a couple different metrics that we've all known uh, to be important, um, but it blends them in a way that's perhaps even more actionable um, than any uh, metric on its own. And some of the guys that were stars in Adjusted Production Index, or API as we'll refer to it for the rest of the episode, 
in this year's class where Andy Isabella wrote of his favorite, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, and A.J. Brown. Now, the things that those guys have in common, um, <laughs> draft pedigree, um, and, and obviously the college production, but you know, there's plenty of guys who produce and don't get the pedigree. So I, I'm just curious, what is it about the, the way their production profile shaped up within the context of API um, that made these guys such slam dunks, Travis? Well, yeah, I think you, you summed up the metric pretty well. Uh, it, it basically just weights uh, adjusted dominator rating, adjusted yards per team pass attempt, which recent evidence shows that it might even be more impactful and, and sticky than dominator itself. And then touchdowns per team pass attempt as well. Uh, I wanted wait, to just wait a second. Okay. Wait a second. So say that, say that again. What's more sticky than dominator rating? Let's say that a little more slowly. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly, uh, when you look at uh, recent research, uh, actually, Sean had a piece uh, earlier this spring about some st- sticky metrics um, and adjusted yards per team pass attempt might actually be uh, more meaningful than Dominator. Obviously, we haven't looked at yards per team pass attempt uh, for that long. Like we have Dominator, I feel like a lot of people know what Dominator is. They don't often think about yards per team pass attempt meaning something, but I found that it did, and so did uh, so did Sean. So I think. There's there's a lot more uh, that needs to be done uh, digging into that, but I I just found that I wanted to have that I want to have Dominator and I wanted to see, you know who who's generating the touchdowns at at a, a high rate as well just to kind of see those red zone weapons kind of shine out some too, um, and so that that's where the adjusted production index came from. I just uh, did some uh, nerdy analysis and Z score tests and nonsense and it basically <laughs> gave all these guys a score. And um, the adjusted production index uh, has has shown to be meaningful. Like, I mean, just uh, a lot of people that have already kind of hit in the NFL with a high API. Uh, you know, Dem- Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, and Des Bryant are number one, two, and three in this metric in wide receivers that to enter the league uh, from t- like twenty, I guess, two thousand five and two thousand sixteen. And then other top names. I mean, you got. Uh, I mean, you got like Hakeem Nix, Calvin Johnson, Justin Blackman, who actually was a, a star went before he kind of disappeared. A bunch of bunch of big name guys. If they get draft capital and a high API, it's 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 uh, pretty much a slam dunk for some of these guys. Okay, okay. So, um, and, and just to explain this a little a little more, because I don't know that we did it in such detail uh, when we initially unveiled sure. this metric a few months ago. So API actually it grows over the course of a college career, correct? So you can actually it's actually something that um, you're, you're adding to each year that you continue to produce. Yeah, essentially it looks at the the, at the peak production. So I mean, if you're improving in, in any one season, uh, in in terms of your dominator rating, in terms of your yards mm-hmm. per team pass attempt or touchdowns per team pass attempt, yeah, obviously you can improve that. Uh, sometimes when you got a guy like Tyler Johnson, who's already at the 98th percentile, he's, he's, he really can't even hardly improve that much, uh, moving forward. Uh, but yes, oftentimes, especially in that final season, you guys, you see guys really make a, an upturn an uptick in their API. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the summary. And, and we've got, um, some really great visuals. Maybe we'll leak some of these on the on the Twitter feed that are kind of guiding us through our conversation today. You heard Travis mention slam dunk with draft capital. Uh, the way the API works is he does it in um, percentile tiers uh, by the by the ten percent. So, yeah. for example, like uh, a, a top ten uh, percentile, which would be the ninetieth percentile, 
would be somebody who has a API score of 3.3 or above. Uh, and then that translates into uh, this huge database of what those players have done in the NFL and what, what the average career PPR production is when they get to the NFL. So in other words, we're looking at college production, uh, measuring that in a way that takes some things like, uh, you know, conference or uh, team, some uh, team counting stats uh, out of the picture and, and puts these guys in, in more of an, an even uh, measuring bin. And then we translate that into what's happened with players with these types of scores when they've got into the NFL. So um, it, it, you know, you really can boil it down to that, but it's just, it, it was really an interesting idea to blend some of these things together. And, and the early research was very telling. Um, we will go ahead and tweet out uh, the reference to the unveiling of API, uh, which I think you did back hmm. in May, if memory yep. serves. Uh, but you also uh, had a look forward to 2019 with some of the potential yeah. college receiving production uh, stars and who you're really looking to uh, to upgrade their API scores this year. So the first guy we want to talk about is Brian Edwards. And of course, he loses Debo Samuel. So if we're talking about uh, increasing... Uh, dominator rating, you know, well, if my sidekick is gone, I, I think he's got a <laughs> shot. So let's review Brian Edwards. Yes. Yeah, so obviously uh, if you want to take over an offense and have a, if you want to have a high dominator rating career right now, Brian Edwards, uh, his market share numbers, uh, c- when you combine re- recept- well, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, uh, he's the, the highest percentage of his offense that he's held down uh, through the air is, is about 28%, maybe closer to 29%. <laughs> Uh, which is okay. I mean, it, it counts as like a quote-unquote breakout season, uh, but it doesn't really hit uh, some meaningful thresholds we like to see. We like to see a player get at least a 30%, if not closer to 40% dominator rating, which that would kind of put him in, in a higher uh, tier uh, for you know future. You know, basically, his NFL hit rate would be a little bit higher. If, if he just improves his dominator rating just a little bit this year to like 35% instead of 28 and just kind of he sees a slight uptick in yards per team pass attempt, which he will if he sees a, a larger volume and mm-hmm. uh, and larger chunk of the offense. Uh, he could really fix his production profile really quickly in one year uh, and jump from like a 27th percentile guy to somewhere in the 60th percentile for his production uh, score uh, in terms of like what you want to see an NFL prospect look like. I mean, Debo Samuel left. 62 receptions, 882 receiving yards, and 11 scores on the table. So there's lots of opportunity for Edwards this year to really fix his production score and really have a, a similar profile to somebody like, say, an A.J. Brown this year. If he, if he gets that day two draft capital, he gets a similar 60-something percentile uh, production mm-hmm. score. And then on top of that, when you look at Brian Edwards and his breakout age, uh, and that's another metric that has shown to be pretty sticky and, and, and meaningful in terms of uh, NFL success. That's where Edwards actually beats a player like A.J. Brown, who had a later breakout age. Because Brian Edwards basically broke out at like 18 flat, if not like 17, age, age 17. He was putting up like 100-yard games when he was just about to turn 18 years old. So he, he could really make his profile just about flawless this year. I mean, when you mix his ridiculous physical measurables his straight line speed and and then a production profile and breakout aids that just it'd be the whole package so uh, i think it's it's right there Uh, i think a lot of people might look at his profile and question things a little bit just because he hasn't really taken over the offense but he's got a real shot at uh, doing something special this year 
Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a great overview and a perfect example of, of what we're trying to do here. Brian Edwards, I mean, because he, I mean, to say that he broke out really isn't even accurate. He kind of just was out from the time he, uh, from, <laughs> yeah. from the time he started playing. Um, so he's a name that's not new in Devi circles, but I, I agree with you. Um, he's kind of just become like that vanilla name that isn't really exciting to people. I've even seen him, you know, push down, uh, some respected Devi rankers boards, uh, in, in favor of some guys that aren't even going to be in the NFL until potentially 2021. And so uh, I think, you know, this exercise is really, really helpful. You know, we can obviously track Edwards dominator rating over the course of the season and can potentially put us in position to know uh, if he needs to become an aggressive buy for us. You know, if he if he were to have such a dominant year that he gets into the 70th percentile per se uh, and mix that in with with the additional mm-hmm. tiebreaker of the the breakout age, you'd have really something special uh, with yeah. the, with this profile here. So. Yeah, and what I found really like if you get to just like the 60th percentile, I mean it's 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 pretty safe to say that you're gonna have some kind of role in the NFL if you mix it with draft capital, uh, just across the board. So I mean anything more than just what's baseline expected this year, uh, he's gonna be just knocking out of the park. So uh, I think he's a definite buy low because of all the people that have kind of gone off to a greater extent than Brian Edwards. But I think that's that's kind of a mistake on on people that have been dropping him. All right, well, let's move on to another name, uh, a, a less familiar name, because we're talking out uh, another year. You know, 2021, yeah. we talk about 2021 wide receiver class, and of course, Rondale yeah. Moore and Justin mm-hmm. Ross are the are the big, well, one of them's big and sexy, and the other one's uh, a, a water bug uh, that just does everything, <laughs> uh, but, but, but both uh, types of guys that we want uh, on those Debbie taxi squads for sure. I've got a, a hot bid in for Rondale Moore and a Devi auction right now uh, that I'm excited about and, and, and watching. But you've got a maybe a dark horse um, that should at least be in the conversation with these guys, uh, maybe a step below, but uh, somebody want to track, and it's Seth Williams. So tell me a little bit more about him. Yeah, so uh, Seth Williams for Auburn uh, is, a, is a name that a lot of people like him, uh, but I, I found that uh, it's really only like, when I'm in drafts, there's really only one or two other guys I have to worry about taking Seth Williams just because they're not as excited about him. They want a guy on, on their roster sooner. So when you're looking at 2021 guys, a lot of players will just say, screw it, I'll wait, I'll miss on that guy uh, unless it's somebody like crazy like Rondale Moore, 2,200 yards from you know, all-purpose yards this year, and Justin Ross blowing up with 1,000 yards for Clemson. you got to do something crazy to get a lot of people excited. But Seth Williams actually – did quote unquote break out, had about a 25% dominator rating somewhere in that range and had a uh, okay yards per team pass attempt, uh, yard, yards per team pass attempt uh, numbers. But what intrigues me about him is he's really going to be able to take over that Auburn offense this year. Yes, they're going to have a new quarterback. Yes, they really haven't even announced who that's going to be yet between Gatewood and Knicks. But I think that he can succeed uh, from an adjusted production uh, standpoint. Uh, regardless of the overall volume of the offense, he's going to garner a huge percentage of it. Uh, last year, Ryan Davis was kind of like their uh, short-range 
target underneath guy who you know it took a bunch of jet sweeps and a whole bunch of weird slot i mean it was, it's kind of crazy ryan davis had 69 catches as a wide receiver but averaged less than eight yards per reception which is just nuts but he, he leaves 69 receptions right there darius slayton who uh, is now on the the giants um, he left 35 receptions on the table right there and then they've got a chandler cox who was like their h-back fullback um uh, if you watch Auburn, you know the position I'm talking about. Uh, he's gone. Uh, so that's another 11 catches. Uh, it, all, all the guys that left last year left about 120 catches on the table to be taken by Seth Williams and perhaps uh, Olympic hopeful uh, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, Anthony Schwartz has got ridiculous speed. He's going to be the field stretcher for the offense, kind of a gadget guy, taking a bunch of carries. But Seth Williams is going to be the only proven real true X wide receiver on the team. And uh, he already broke out, and I think he's going to potentially have close to 1,000 yards this year, regardless of who's throwing the ball, maybe double-digit touchdowns. And a guy with that's six foot three, like 220, uh, I think he's going to flash, um, and people are going to say, okay, um, maybe he should be in the wide receiver one comp- competition <laughs> conversation uh, next spring. When all these 2020 guys are gone, you'll wish you bought low on Seth Williams. Well, there's a, there's a nice way to end uh, that review. Um, a little bit hot takey there. Uh, I, I like it. Seth Williams should be a, a climber. And um, I, I just want to use this as a chance for a brief commercial on uh, dominator rating because the Auburn offense is a perfect example of why we need to use <laughs> something like dominator rating. I mean, you talk about 120 vacated receptions. I mean, did they even have like 200 receptions as a team last year? Um, you know, so, uh, you, you know, look at, look at what he can do in terms of market share, look at what he can do in terms of percentage of that offense and, and yardage and, and touchdowns. Um, we can't just simply look at the counting stats. If he were to put up, you know, a, a thousand or 1100 yards, even in this offense and score 10 to 12 touchdowns, um, you know, we've got to look at that through a different lens. Uh, than we might a player in the Oklahoma offense, uh, for example. So Seth Williams, um, definitely adding that name uh, to my list of uh, Debbie prospects I'm interested in uh, for 2021. For sure. And really, Anthony Schwartz is a guy, if you're in a deeper league, that I'm interested in. He's He basically, he's he is on on the right on the border of being an olympic sprinter like I, I, he he could really challenge for the fastest nfl combine time ever if he uh, comes out um well, and actually gets an invite to the combine one day wow okay all right i know you ran the 40 uh when you were out at the the combine <laughs> event um i don't oh, I, I believe i saw that 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 video um i'm not sure that that went public but i think i got a chance to screen that and He's probably not going to be wearing the outfit you were. I think you were wearing some skinny jeans and uh, running on a wet a surface. So, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the newest thing on the Yahoo Fantasy block, and it's, a, it's their version of best ball. Uh, with best ball, of course, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's all you got to do. Uh, there's no lineup to set. That happens automatically um, with big computers. Um, they calculate what your best possible lineup would have been that week. Just uh, That's why it's called best ball. But you can forget about the time commitment. This format, there's no waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make the starter sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. 
If you're tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy teams and having other players drop out early and not finish the draft, free Best Ball League give you a chance to observe the most accurate ADP, or average draft position, of players before the season even starts. If you can't get enough of fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams all season, you can draft up to 50 Best Ball teams on the Yahoo Best Ball platform. You can play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, just get to drafting. Join a league today at sports.yahoo.com slash bestball, and it's in the Yahoo Fantasy app now. Uh, you've got free all the way up to $100 entries, and just a reminder for any of the Yahoo DFS uh, products, just use code biz25 and get 25 bucks with your first deposit. Okay, well, this is Curtis. I'm still here with Travis May. Uh, we're going to switch gears for just one minute here and talk a little bit about the running back position. I uh, gave you a couple wide receivers uh, for your list. Um, we're going to go to, I think, what is Travis's uh, college football rooting interest uh, in, in Pennsylvania. And we're going to talk Ricky Slade at the running back position. Who's he replacing? Why are we excited? Do you think I'm a Penn State fan? <laughs> oh man, you you know I went to Purdue. I can't I can't root for I, Penn State. I, I deadpanned oh, that. I deadpanned that man. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And actually, I, I am a little bit biased. I, I did talk about Seth Williams earlier. I'm an Auburn fan. I got a bunch of family that went there. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a boiler. boiler uh, I can't even say it. I'm a boiler maker. I uh, went to Purdue. Graduated 2011. But uh, yeah, no, I, I root for Ricky Slade though. Uh, because uh, I think he's a really solid player uh, for them, and I, you know, Miles Sanders. I was a big uh, fan of Miles Sanders uh, coming out this year. Obviously, the, the Eagles are going to find a way to ruin him and, and misuse him, and probably going to scream at a TV or two about that uh, here soon. But I think uh, Ricky Slade, because Miles Sanders is gone, Ricky Slade, the running back, uh, presumed starter for the uh, Nittany Lions this year, could be in line for a huge role um and i don't know why people aren't um you know putting him in their top 24 you know dynasty devi type rankings Uh, he's up there for me um and that might seem crazy but i think if we look at the role that he's about to jump into miles sanders had 220 carries about 25 catches and an offense that really didn't pass the ball uh that much uh and really ricky slade if you look at even back to his high school film he's a really solid receiver didn't get to show that much last year, but if he comes out this year and, and actually shows he can catch the ball at the collegiate level and gets that 220 carry type nod uh, in just his second collegiate season, and then he has a whole another year to rack up similar stats, he's, he's going to be an easy lock for top 50 type draft capital. Uh, I know a lot of people are, um, you know, maybe slightly concerned because Noah Kane and Devin Ford, uh, two really highly regarded uh, freshmen are coming in this year to potentially push for some carries uh, with, with Ricky Slade. But I, I'm not really too concerned. Ricky Slade was actually a much higher rated running back than either the, either one of them himself. And uh, really, I mean, Ricky Slade could have pushed Miles Sanders. Uh, there were some people that thought that might be a thing last year. And I think Penn State has shown that they commit to really one running back. I mean, Ricky Slade was a five-star kid, and he came up and only had 45 carries last year. So 
I'm not really worried about any of the veteran running backs, and I'm not super worried about Devin Ford. I'm maybe slightly worried that Noah Kane might eat into some some carries for Ricky Slade, but I think he's going to be the feature back for Penn State this year, and I think because of that, that opportunity, he's going to come up and be a first-round, easy first-round Debbie selection next year, especially, like I said earlier, when the 2020 guys are gone, who do you go to? It's the top 21 uh, top 2021 players, and, and that's that's really going to be Ricky, Ricky Slade right there. Okay, well, just uh, for point of reference, you said maybe he's pushing the top 20 or should be pushing the top 20. I pulled up the Rotoviz Debbie rankings, uh, which, of course, are produced by myself, uh, yourself, and our colleague Jordan Hoover, uh, who, by the way, great, great uh, Debbie researcher and Debbie mind. Uh, make sure you check out his stuff on our site anytime uh, he posts. But Ricky Slade looks like uh, we've collectively got him at running back 13. Uh, you and I both have him in our top 30. Jordan has him sitting just outside the top 40. So sounds like you need to to move him uh, a bit. But uh, perhaps he's just waiting to see what happens when he actually gets uh, a decent game's worth of, of carries uh, and, and what he actually does with that opportunity. But Ricky Slade also... Um, an awesome like when when I just hear that name I think of like <laughs> like an 80s kid like on a skateboard wearing the wraparound shades um <laughs> I I don't like it's just it's just like it sounds like a made-up video game name or something uh oh, yeah. like that it totally does isn't it? uh oh, I, yeah. I I love it I mean I I feel like um I, I just I'm gonna want to draft him just for his name and Noah Kane also an awesome name we can do some uh word play off a of novocaine there um that would probably be pretty interesting for fantasy teams at some point but let's talk about a back that i'm really excited about i mentioned that i had a, an active debbie bid in on rondale moore earlier i've got another one on on this guy kylan hill out of mississippi state uh maybe being integrated into a new look offense um what are you looking at with hill in 2019 yeah, so I think uh, without Nick Fitzgerald taking way too many carries uh, this year on that offense, he's got a major opportunity here. I think it could look a little bit uh, different uh, this year. They've they've got more head calling the calls and calling the plays uh, after sending their uh, offensive coordinator uh, to the NFL uh, just less than a year ago. And so I think Moorhead is going to look at look at it and say, "Wow, I've got this running back that uh, was actually my team's second leading re- receiver last year in terms of receptions, uh, and uh, he was averaging more than six yards per carry in the SEC. I should probably give that guy some more carries. I mean, Kylan Hill only had 117 carries last year, uh, and that's mainly due to the fact that the quarterback actually had more rushing attempts than he did, uh, and that was really partly on the decision making of the quarterback." Uh, so I, I doubt that he's going to have only 120 or so carries this year. And even if he does, he's, it's still going to be a very impressive share of, of touches. But I, I think he's got a chance to get up in the 1,200 yard range in terms of overall yards from scrimmage and really improve his, his backfield market share uh, as well. I think he's, he's already shown that uh, he can take on a significant role, um, even though he's not got that 230-pound feature back size either. Uh, but I, I'm really excited about Kylan Hill, and I think uh, with this new offense, with the carries kind of being distributed more in a, in a more possibly conventional role this year, Kylan Hill should see an uptick in his market value right away. Yeah, and then you don't always have to be. I mean, 
you know, I think a lot of us, um, when we get to, to riffing, we'll, we'll talk about feature back size, you know, that 230 pound back, but, um, there really actually aren't that many guys in the NFL, um, that, no. that have the success with the type of type of production that we want for fantasy anyway. And Hill has certainly gotten thicker since he got to school. I mean, he was like 190 pounds, barely, uh, as a prospect. And, and now at 215 and 511, um, decent BMIs. I mean, certainly no size concerns there, but I, you know, you've got me really intrigued, uh, with how the offense could look a little different and, and just, um, from an efficiency standpoint, uh, how exciting he was in, in that tough conference, uh, I believe over six yards of carry last year and the 22 receptions, I mean, 22 receptions, you know, for a college football, uh, running back, that's actually a, a really decent number. Uh, we don't see oh, that yeah. from, you know, and, and just, it doesn't sound like a lot because we're used to these big numbers in the NFL, but backs just aren't typically used that way uh, at, at the the junior level of the game. So 22 certainly would be, you know, one of the better receiving uh, seasons from a production standpoint in the class, even if, even if he doesn't top that this year, but it certainly gets you excited to think, you know, you know what if he can do a, a 35 or, or 40 reception season and what type of um, prospect comps might he return uh, when we start looking oh, yeah. at at his uh, entire profile, so uh, yeah, I, I I love it. We want to talk one more guy here. Switch over to the tight end yeah. position. Yeah. Who do you I have mean, as I, a tight end? Hey man, uh, I could talk tight ends all day. Uh, in fact, it's probably my favorite position just to get break down because it's it's just really hard to play. And I think really at the collegiate level, just because it looks so different team to team, it's kind of hard to scout. Uh, and, and most of the time, teams don't really throw the ball uh, to their tight end a whole lot uh, in college. One, because uh, most tight ends in college aren't very good. Uh, and two, uh, they just like to stretch the field a little, a little bit different, and they don't always funnel targets in that direction. But I think Grant Calcaterra uh, for o- Oklahoma, and he's this is not a new name at all in Davy circles. He's been somebody that really for the past couple of years we thought was going to blow up. Uh, and really he, he did in some ways and didn't last year. Uh, for Oklahoma, really last year, uh, Oklahoma and and the high flying offense that they had really funneled everything through Marquise Hollywood Brown uh, and uh, C.D. Lamb, who I mean, by all by all estimations, C.D. Lamb should be a first round pick. Uh, so when you when you have two first round picks on your team sharing targets with you, you you're probably not going to get the ball a lot as as a tight end uh, in college, especially. But if you look at just recent history with how the Oklahoma offense has worked, it really does, for the most part, funnel most targets and most yardage through two, max three players, and really just, for the most part, two players in recent history. I mean, even uh, you know Marquise Brown, CeeDee Lamb in this past season, and really the year before it was Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. CeeDee Lamb was a freshman at the time. I had a couple big games that kept him close in terms of receptions, but this year, I think it's back, and uh, the tight end and wide receiver ones turn to kind of mix together for the Oklahoma offense. So Hollywood Brown is gone, uh, and the only proven wide receiver that uh, had more than 21 catches for the Sooners is CeeDee Lamb. So I, I think uh, last year, if you look at Calcutta's stats, he, he had 26 catches. He was actually the team's third leading receiver, had six scores. I think he's going to be that wide receiver too, really. 
for uh, the team, and I think he's going to put up some crazy numbers. And really, he's somebody who was a major plus athlete coming out of high school, had like the highest spark score of any tight end in his class coming into college. So if you uh, you know give him a season like Mark Andrews from a couple years ago, which was almost 1,000 yards and eight scores, I think that's not out of the question for Grant Calcaterra this year just because of the volume that that offense affords, affords us every single year. Uh, so Calcaterra's got a huge opportunity to turn that 26, 396 for six into a 60 for 910 type line this season. And if he does, he'll be the definitive tight end one in every conversation, uh, and there will be no doubt at all. So I think uh, don't hesitate. If you're going to, a lot of people don't draft Debbie tight ends, but if your league's very deep at all, you're going to want to get Calcaterra on your team. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a stat line. Um, still some range of outcomes with a stat line like that in terms of the NFL evaluation. We saw Caleb Wilson with all his impressive numbers um, fall, even with a good combine, but certainly um, going to have a lot, of, a lot of votes and a lot of excitement about any tight end prospect that puts up these types of numbers because there simply just aren't that many tight ends that put up even 500 receiving yards in a season at the college yeah. level. But at, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, actually making an investment in Calcaterra, a Devi investment. Would you, is, is he so intriguing to you that you would still roster him even in like a non tight end premium or non start to tight end league? Um, would you still have interest or, and, and let's say it's a, Definitely. it's a short, a short taxi. So like less, less than 10 Devi spots. You're still interested. Oh yeah, less than ten Debbie spots. I'm, I'm still, I'm still de- definitely okay. interested in, in okay. the tight end. There's, there's a few other options. I mean, you got like uh, Pat Farmuth for Penn State. Uh, you know, and you know, uh, even like uh, Jared Pinkney for Vanderbilt. There's, a, there's a few other tight end options that, you know, Albert Okoy Bunham for Missouri. There's, there's a few tight ends that I would feel comfortable rostering, but Calcaterra uh, for sure. Wow. Okay. Way, way to bring it home. Um, with, with the tight end position, we, we often neglect that, uh, at the NFL level, let alone the Debbie level. So I, I love getting that extra name <laughs> out there for people to, uh, potentially steal, uh, at the end of a Debbie draft this summer or, or maybe get for very cheap in a, in a Debbie auction made a note on that as well. So, um, thanks for tuning in, uh, to all our listeners. Um, want to do a, a little quick commercial for our Rotoviz uh, merch, We've got snapback hats. We've got uh, tri-blend <laughs> t-shirts. We have barbecue aprons. We have dog, yeah. ba- <laughs> we have dog bandanas. Um, if, if you take your dog for a walk in the park and you find yourself jealous of all the people just flaunting um, the merchandise on, on the backs of their own dogs. I mean, we all know that it's a status symbol um, what exactly is on a dog's <laughs> bandana. So you do not have to feel that way anymore. You can actually rock the new, the brand new Rotoviz uh, logo on your dog's shoulder blades. So, I mean, I, I, if that doesn't sell the merch, I don't know what would. Um, you know, we've got trucker hats. Um, I think there's even some mugs and things like that. But basically, anything that you would want to wear or use uh, in your daily life, you can actually have the Rotoviz brand on. And I, I don't know why you wouldn't immediately go to rotoviz.com and pull down the merch tab and check it out. We've actually got a sale going on just through the end of the weekend. 
15% off the entire store. So go check it out. Um, I've already ordered a, few, ordered a few things. For those of you that live in the Midwest or want to take a brief road trip on August 17th, I'm going to recommend that you go to the, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. And then the next day on the 18th, come see me and TJ Calkins of Dynasty Command Center and Rotoviz. Uh, we're going to be running the Rotoviz booth at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo in sunny Canton, Ohio. A lot of uh, fun uh, fantasy sites will be there. I know uh, Bob Harris from Football Diehards will be there. Uh, our friend Ryan McDowell of uh, DCC Heritage and, and of course, uh, one of the partners over at Dynasty League Football will be there. Um, so check that out. Um, being put on by Bob Lung. You might know him from the Fantasy Football consistency guide bob's one of um just really one of the the nicest guys uh in in the industry putting this on so i have no doubt it's going to be a successful event come check that out you can learn more about that event at midwestffexpo.com that's midwestffexpo.com and uh really would love to just interact and and meet any of you that that want to come on out so um travis going to kick it over to you for the sign off yeah, well, I mean, if you don't have a dog bandana, who are you really? But uh, I just love that. But thanks again, everybody, for joining us uh, this week for another Dynasty Command Center podcast. You can find Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. I'm Travis May and at FF underscore Travis M. I actually got my own Twitter handle right this week. Uh, thanks again for just uh, putting up with us and our nonsense and and, and things like that. But uh, until next time, uh, keep living that dynasty life. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 30% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now? Well, August 29th through September 9th. Ah, bring it in. I'm a big hugger. It's cool. Ask Sherwin-Williams August 29th through September 9th and save 30% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $26.94. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day... When he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.